Welcome. We're live for another episode of Coffee with Craner, episode 64, with uh, somebody you might know. You might have seen him on TikTok or Instagram. Uh, he's got over 3 million followers, and he's really focused on, on mental health and well-being tips, and also you know, participating in a variety of social experiments that majority of the time have happened um, in our community, St. Clair College, in front of the hospital. Um, and he's, he's really involved in our community and you know across the world with his audience now. It's Zachary Darinowski. Uh, mental health activist. He's also an influencer, public figure online. And uh, I'm really excited to get into our conversation today about strategies for uh, improving your mental health. And it's it's Men's Health Month. So this conversation is, is even more relevant. So Zachary, thanks for being on the show today. No, thank you, Lyndon, for having me on. I'm really excited for this conversation. And hopefully we can leave some of your audience with some uh, good mental health tips and for the well-being. I appreciate that. And uh, because you're from Windsor-Essex, I have to ask, Where's your favorite place to get coffee or tea? Coffee or tea. Um, for me, probably my favorite place, my simple go-to would have to be my local Starbucks. But now that I'm back home in Windsor, I've tried and explored a few places. So Caffeine & Co. in Amherstburg. And then uh, Cafe Amor was a place I was told to go to by my mom. So shout out to Cafe Amor on Ottawa Street. Or I'll be there very soon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And now you were in Australia for a bit, correct? Correct. Awesome. What what brought you to to Australia and then you know back to back to Windsor? Yeah. So I was in Australia as of January 2020. I went there to study medicine. So I was at the University of Sydney, uh, their medical school there, and I was there for about 20 months, about 16 months in. Um, we can go into that conversation, but recognize that this wasn't the end all be all for me. Um, and I decided to leave medical school to pursue what I'm doing now. And it was a really scary decision, but I haven't looked back once and I wake up every day now really excited for the day ahead. And it's been a long time since I could say that. So that's how I know it was the right decision for me. That's awesome. Now, I guess what's, what inspired you to really kickstart your, your career in, in, um, engagement online? Sure. Yeah, so it, it wasn't to have a following or be an influencer or any of that stuff. I was just a medical school student in Australia who went through a six-year relationship breakup. I had ACL knee surgery, so I couldn't work out. And like athletics was like a way of me like releasing or form of therapy for me. My six-year relationship was like my identity or my source of happiness. Medical school was hard. COVID left me trapped. And I really felt alone because I didn't really have a good set of friends that knew me as the whole version of me. They just knew me as what they saw in class or what they saw at the gym. So I had no one to turn to. And for the first time, probably in like eight or nine years, I took like these blinders off that I had on um, because I was, a, I failed out of college when I was 18 um, and I was almost kicked out of my house. And just, I was like, everything I did up to the point of getting into medical school was almost to like, not knowingly, but prove people wrong. So I never said stop. I just went, go, 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 go. And then I was there and I was like, who are you doing this for? What are you, is this your ego driving you? Is it society? Is it people in your life? Um, I recognized I was capable and I really enjoyed it. I did. Like I was very happy to be there, but I recognized it wasn't the end all be all for me. In medicine, like a lot of, I think, postgraduate like careers, um, they require that. It, to be your end all be all because if it's not you can find other options that can i guess cater to more lifestyle factors or if you have passions outside of your workplace this doesn't allow you to do that um, there's nothing wrong with that but i recognized it wasn't for me um 
And then over a few months, oh, the, the question you actually asked me was, um, how did I did, how did I start this whole social media? I was just all those things I was saying before got me to a breaking point. And the breaking point was I was going for a run in the afternoon and like busy downtown, like CN Tower, like buildings type of vibes in Sydney. <laughs> and I remember all these like busy men and women running, like just walking by in their business attire. And there's no, there was no COVID there at the time because it was different than here in Canada. And I just was hysterically crying and people would, I, they didn't see me. No one saw me. And I just ne remember feeling like, holy smokes, I feel alone. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I should go seek support because I've always believed in mental health, but I just thought it would never impact me. So as a medical student, I sought counseling services, uh, which were free. And one of the things they told me to do uh, was to journal my thoughts. Cause one of the things I often do is I overthink. And that's one thing I could really recommend to people. Uh, if they overthink or they're anxious is to write out their thoughts um, helps a lot. So I did, I got a journal and I did it one night and I was like, you know what, why don't I put these thoughts out um, <laughs> on TikTok? Cause I wasn't going to go to Instagram or Facebook because my friends and family are there. And that kind of like defeats the whole purpose of that. And I was like, okay, maybe if I go on TikTok, there'll be one other person could be like finding your match on Tinder or Bumble for mental health. <laughs> you know I mean, like someone who like can, can be the same as you. And that was the goal of 40, 50 views in one person. And then just have like a, like a buddy I could open up to without ruining or feeling like I'm ruining my image. And the first video went viral and then the rest is just took off. So it what wasn't... was that, uh, that first video for you? What was it focused on? Yeah, it was on depression. It was just on like, I think I can't remember the exact ones, but it was like four or five like anecdotes or things that I was going through. Um, that was really relatable, I guess, to an audience and shareable, which is why I went viral, but it wasn't, anything crazy it was just like me in my room with like four or five signs above my head and I remember just being in like a zoom class and seeing like this video I've never had a picture do more than 100 likes and but this video was like 10,000 20,000 50,000 100,000 a million it just like I had no idea what to do so I felt almost then obligated to be posting right so then that started to like burn me out because I was like I, people are depending on it but then I found like a balance and then once I found that balance in medical school, I was like, I actually really enjoy creating videos and doing like being creative and like helping others and connecting with others, but in my own way. So I slowly started morphing into that um, and then made the decision to um, pivot or change my career path and jump off the conveyor belt, which could be medicine and do this. And I've been doing this now for about four weeks full time here uh, in Windsor. And it's going really well so yeah mm -hmm. I, I mean there's a lot of, of uh, questions that came out from just what I was hearing but uh, the, the first being uh, well just a comment and, and the pandemic was was extremely hard and I think <clears throat> whether you weren't affected directly there was somebody that you knew that was going through some some difficult time um, being trapped in your house and, and not you know not knowing what's what's on the on the outside of your of your home and um, how interacting with people can, uh, you know, that lack of interaction, that lack of social interaction really affects um, your mental state. And uh, perhaps suicides increased during during uh, the pandemic and lockdowns, I would imagine they did. Um, but I think you're an example of a very interesting point that's, that's relevant to mental um, men's health month is that um, 
you, I, I don't want to assume genders or anything, but uh, definitely I would imagine a male and uh, for you being able to speak about your emotions. And that's something that uh, the public is trying to get across is that men are okay to express their, their emotions to the public. What's, what's your thoughts on that for, you know, men like myself that are, you know, a bit hesitant, keeping their thoughts trapped in their head. How does that work? What do you, what do you, yeah, how do they cope with that? It's tough. I'll do these videos. I'll give you an example. So today we did a video. Uh, what did the sign say? It said, this is my sign of depression. You are not alone. So I just come out there straight and said, I'm saying it's pretty much that Zach's depressed to like strangers. And it's scary. That was the scariest one for me personally, because I never openly say that um, to that extent. And people will come up to me in groups and they would say how much they support that and what they're struggling with, like two guys or two girls or whatever their uh, orientation is. And I asked them, I'm like, so do you guys have a support system? Do you guys talk to one another about this? And oftentimes they've been friends for years and they say no. And then they get really awkward. I'm a blindfold on, but I can feel like the tension. I'm just like, you feel comfortable talking to a stranger about this yet in your groups. Um, there's still that lack of normalization or stigmatization behind this conversation. So my goal is to hopefully try to break that a little bit, but the only way we can break that is through our own vulnerable confidence. And you don't have to come out and say you're suicidal or you haven't made your bed in eight weeks. You can just say, I'm not feeling good. And I think just starting the conversation is everything. And you'd be surprised at how well it's reciprocated by the other person. Um, and that's what I try to do. And that's what I would suggest. I think you made a good point is often we'll find people saying, I'll ask you, hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. good. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like there's, yeah. I, I would imagine people have more to say than just that they're good or I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Right. There's more to that. There's more behind the, uh, behind the tape. Absolutely. And that, if you go to any of my videos, um, any hugging videos, when I say, how are you? They always say I'm good before they hug. No one says I'm doing bad or then, then you say what's going on. And then people say actually how they feel. So oftentimes the I'm good is not good. And sometimes digging a little bit more into it without being too um, judgy or uh, I don't know the right word to use, but to, to get to the bottom of it, just to be more genuine is really important because that's the biggest thing with mental health. People who have been impacted in my life or have passed from mental health that I know really well, it's invisible, right? It's the ones that look so good or the ones that are uh, the struggling the most or it's not the typical depression, sadness, it's, it's numbness and really good ability to just put on this facade day to day. And those are the ones you should, that's why you always want to be kind because you don't know what people are going through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, exactly. And just because it is men's health month, why do you think that men are more reserved? I don't know if they're more reserved. I think it's more so society teaching us to man up or be strong and as cliche and maybe as old and traditional as it is i think it's still applicable females have a much as a whole better uh, support system or ability to express their emotions in their groups hence why i think suicide rates are much less in females than they are in males um but i, I always go back to my videos because i feel like those really show me like who people are like 80 percent of people come up to me are guys the ones that give me real like deep hugs are guys like guys need it guys are human just as much as female we um 
lack that ability to get that out there. So if you're a guy listening to this or you close to a guy and just want to touch base, just reach out to them or tell them how you're feeling because usually the one you can be open um, allows the other person to. And a formula I created, um, it's vulnerability equals relatability equals empowerment. So I find that when I'm vulnerable, you can relate. When you can relate, hopefully you can empower people to do the same. Wow. I love that. Thank you. Really impactful. Um, and just going a bit more into your experience, you know, filming these social experiments in public, what has there been any moments that you've experienced that were extremely impactful? You were lost for words. You were, you know, thrown back a bit. Yeah. Oftentimes, probably probably every day, there's 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 something. It's always right before we leave or when I'm not blindfolded, it's the person that you just like least expect to come up to you or say the things they say. It's um people surprise you. Is so yeah, every single day in a good way. And, yes, and, and in one video I, I, I noticed was um I, I I might be paraphrasing this wrong, but uh vaccination or no vaccination, I still love you right? How are yeah. those experiences in public? All right. So that one is the only one that like there was tension. It said your vaccination status won't change how much I love you. And people got caught up in the word vaccination. They don't think they read the full quote or read it for what it meant. And people immediately took a side. Are you pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-choice? And I just said neither. It, 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 it's conversations about kindness and love. I'm not here to pick a side. Um, I've said it off the record and on the record now with the Windsor star, I am fully vaccinated. Um, but throughout that experiment, that five series, I never once said that because then that defeats the whole purpose of this conversation. Um, mm. So I just seen the divide, the segregation, me struggling with depression. A lot of my friends struggling with mental health and just knowing what loneliness and isolation has done and any more segregation and divide just adds to that. So my goal is to bring people together. And it didn't say hug me in that video either. It was just to have the conversation. Absolutely. Yep. It was a powerful conversation. And we had a question that actually came in that I want to address. Uh, what is, sure. Where do you get your inspiration from? What inspires you to continue doing what you're doing? Guess like last year, what I was going through. Um, that's why I started this whole thing. I used to make, I guess, videos raising awareness. But now I want to like create change, enough change so the person who's in the video or watching it has enough, I guess, motivation or their eyes are open to do the same and pay it forward in their own way because we can all use more kindness or unconditional love in our life mm -hmm. and what's uh i guess what is the what what does it feel like you know seeing your this large audience in front of you is it, it scary is it uplifting it, it's super uplifting because it's like kindness and love's going viral it's not like i'm doing pranks or like ruining relationships or in these like to, like i mean like i didn't break up with an ex to like make the new like it, these are just good acts that are helping people so it, it feels really good um and it's amazing so just very grateful for the opportunity absolutely and uh i think it's even better that you're from our region right seeing uh, yeah it, it, and that's the most amazing thing i told my videographer uh his name's patrick um which none of this is with not possible without him because he makes the videos um this is happening like all these like 10, 20, 30 million view videos at Devonshire Mall at St. Clair College. And it shows you it doesn't matter. You don't need to go to Toronto or L.A. or Miami. You just need the power of the human connection. And that's wherever you are. So you can create that change 
for the person watching this right now, anywhere in the world. So um, video or not, you're very powerful when you speak from the heart and you're okay with being vulnerable. That's amazing. Um, another question came in from Mohammed uh, Daher. How long did it take you to get off the ground? I noticed on YouTube, your views are popping like popcorn. <laughs> shout out to my boy whoever that is i appreciate the the push popping like popcorn um tiktok was immediate instagram probably like six months ago and then youtube i was just very fortunate so if you're if you want to get into the youtube space i've post tiktoks which are like short form videos like instagram reels and now youtube's pushing this thing called their shorts so essentially i just post my tiktoks there and they seem to be working so um make TikToks if you want to grow on social media right now. That's my best piece of advice. Awesome. Now, uh, just fast forwarding a bit to uh, your time as a student and yep. um, and th I guess through interacting with the public and what you're gaining from these, these social experiments, uh, what advice can you give to students that are, maybe they're trying to balance education, other aspects of their life? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how how students do it. So that's why I do at St. Clair College. Um, like I can't imagine going to school during these times, whether you're in grade school, high school, or college. Um, understand that these are unprecedented times um, that I would say every student, whether they tell you or not, are going through difficult times. And to have these conversations, whether it's like the mental health, depression, anxiety, or just schools challenging, or what are you doing, just getting into those groups um is super helpful even when i was i studied human kinetics at the university of windsor and i remember study groups are just like groups where you talked about classes that was so helpful um just the i guess like the venting of it or just having the conversation where you're not the only person so if you can find those groups um i would i would cherish them because that's probably the biggest piece of advice i would give other than that these are difficult times and that to put a little less pressure on yourself um that's mm -hmm. what i would do i appreciate that what for yourself, what gets, what keeps you going? I know you, you mentioned you're suffering from depression and anxiety, especially being over in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, but what helps you? Yeah. So when I, what helps me is I do these things called micro goals. So oftentimes, like, I guess the depressive episodes come in like waves. Now they don't come as often and they're not as big, but when they are, I do these thing, micro goals. So if it's 6, 19 PM right now, and I feel like really sad all of a sudden, or just something uh, reminds me of something that makes me feel bad. Um, I'll go to my phone. I'll set a 30 minute alarm till 649. And for the next 30 minutes, I will listen to sad music. I'll cry. I'll write. I'll do whatever I want to feel that feeling. But at 649, I will go and I'll make my bed i'll go for a walk i'll go to the gym i'll do laundry i'll do one goal to allow myself to transition out of that so i don't suppress it yet then i don't let it take over that day or potentially week which it's very easy to do so that's stuff that helps me but my biggest piece of advice is to try as many things as people like me right now are suggesting to you to create your own toolbox um that's catered to you because just because i said it sounds good it may not work for you and once you have a toolbox that works for you, oftentimes you don't get as anxious or you don't get as worried about going into that hole because you already feel secure knowing how to get out of it. It's for the people who have never been in the hole or how deep the hole can get that I'm usually the most concerned for because it's hard uh, when you're in that situation. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think you, you made a great point is there's so many different strategies that 
you know, we have ourselves that we have to find that, that makes us cope with, with whatever we're going through. And, uh, that, you know, the, the micro goals is a, a great strategy that, uh, I mean, Zachary said it, try it out, see how, see how it works for you. Um, another question came on, uh, the screen here, Michael DeLuca is wondering, what is one struggle you face when filming your public social experiments? What is one struggle you face when filming? Good question, Mike. Um, probably the biggest struggle I don't struggle with as much is, um, the thoughts of others, um, the concern of embarrassing myself, um, especially the blindfolded ones, the concern of my personal safety. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was thinking that too. Like you don't know, it could be a hogger. It could be, a. I had a girl, I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say, I'll say where Devonshire mall. Uh, she threw Skittles at me. She threw wow. Skittles at me blindfolded and she just did it to like impress her friends. But like as silly as like nine Skittles thrown at me, it made me like them question, like, am I safe? Like I just started worrying more. Right. So, but yeah, that was the worst thing that's ever happened is Skittles thrown. So well, that's um, why you have your cameraman there, right? He's that, he has, he's your eyes. He says whenever they're now, after that, we created a, a code word. So if there's ever like a dangerous, like potential situation, he says taco. And then I take my blindfold off. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, it. That's, uh, well, and uh, from what I'm seeing, there's more hogs than, than Skittles being uh, tossed. 100%. 100%. Awesome. Now, uh, another question for you before we, we wrap things up here, and we've had an awesome conversation. Uh, what are you looking to do next? What What more are you trying to do um, now that you're you're really committed to this, yeah, my goal is to do what I'm doing and travel the world doing it, um, and then take it to the next level. Um, I want to combine the emotional connection of the stories that we're sharing with also working with big brands that we're currently in the process of working with to be able to financially help and change people's lives um, beyond just the relatability of the human connection. So give people a second chance at life, um, help them achieve their dreams. And yeah, that is where I'm hoping to be at in about a month's time. So that's what I want to do, but continue doing what I'm doing, sharing unconditional love to all humankind. There's no, if you go to the video, it doesn't matter the age, sex, the, the race, it's, it's everyone and anyone. Um, and that's kind of the whole uh, image I'm trying to show. That's, doesn't matter. that's amazing. It's uh, definitely really inspiring. And uh, I think, do you have a, a message on your shirt? I, I think. Oh, this shirt here? Yes. Yeah, says, don't worry, be happy. I love that. And Thanks. I believe you, you started um, uh, MVM and mental health or MHM, mental health movement. Correct? Yeah. That, we started that last year. So it was me and my friend. He's a psychiatric resident in the States, uh, University of Miami. And we started Mental Health Movement, which was a clothing line, a podcast, and we donated monthly to mental health nonprofits around the world. We gave over $8,000 away to student scholarships for students who struggle with mental health. And yeah, that was a blast. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's, but we're moving on to another thing currently, but that's in the works. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I mean, I, I, it goes without saying that you've donated thousands of dollars and um, especially you started GoFundMe pages for for people yeah. that are experiencing homelessness, correct? Yeah, here even here in Windsor in the past three weeks now, I'd say not two weeks, we donate we've made over we got six thousand or fifty eight hundred for one gentleman and then a little over twenty five hundred for another another gentleman. 
That's not wow. me. That's just that's just strangers anonymously donating to give to people. So it shows you another example of human kindness without ex- expecting anything in return. And oftentimes the one that's donate like 100, 200, 500 dollar donations, it says anonymous. They don't even put their full name in. So I can't even like thank them, which is absurd uh, for me to believe. But it's amazing that people out there are like that. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's amazing. And I can I congratulate you on all the success you've had. Um, oh, it looks like my uh, my grandma's watching. So I have to shout out to my grandma for the second episode in a row <laughs> where she's commented uh, that she's watching. So uh, shout out to grandma. Shout um, out, grandma. Thank you for being here. <laughs> but no, this was an awesome conversation. It's uh, super powerful to have this this open conversation about, you know, human emotion during um, Men's Health Month and anytime, really, keeping the conversation going. And that's the title of this this interview is continuing conversations on, on mental health and uh, Zachary you're doing a phenomenal job continuing that conversation. No, thank you, Lyndon, for having me on. And thank you for having me a part of this uh, program that you're currently doing. It's amazing. So talk to you very soon. Yes, I appreciate that. Those watching, thanks for being here. We will see you very soon.